you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys, the podcast from the DJ Impact. I got all the Vegas Bad Boys here with me, and this is Three Count. So welcome to Three Count. If you happen to be watching us live, you probably shouldn't, because it's really late. But if you do, thanks for hanging out with us. And um, feel free to throw your uh, your comments in, and we will try to get them in as we see fit. Most importantly. Thank every last one of you for downloading and for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it. Tell everybody about us, and uh, we will do our best to keep you entertained. All right, we're going to get right into three counts, so let's get started. It's time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting present. One, two, three. Count talk. Count talk, baby. All right, so let's get to our first one. And this one is WWE Women's Tag Team Title Tournament, quote, dead in the water. It reads like this. This is from scscoops.com. The announced tournament to crown the new WWE's Women's Tag Team Champion doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. During the May 16, 2022 episode of Monday Night Raw, then champion Sasha Banks Naomi walked out through the frustrations with their creative booking. On the following SmackDown, Michael Cole announced that the pair had been suspended, stripped of the titles, and the new champions will be crowned in the tournament. While speaking on Wrestler Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer said that WWE has no plans for the tournament despite it being announced. Quote, that women's tag team tournament is dead in the water. They had an idea for a four women's team matchup. It was pitched, but it was never signed off on as of like a week ago, end quote. So WWE has not announced any teams for the tournament and has not, has not announced a start date either. Last week, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that there have been different pitches made, including for a four-team tournament. The teams pitched included Shayna Baszler and Natalia, Tamina and Dana Brooke, Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop, and Carmella and Queen Zelina. The Observer noted that WWE had planned for Carmella and Queen Lazina to team up despite the pair having previously split on TV. Zelina is currently sidelined, however, due to an inj- injury. She reportedly underwent surgery for an undisclosed injury. All right. So with that... Simon Street. That was your uh, report there. Let us know what you think. So the reason I wanted to bring up this report is because, you know, besides the fact of what everybody knows to be true with regards to uh, Sasha Banks and, and Naomi split, right? You still have a women's division that needs to be looked at. And this is not an old, this is not a new problem. It's actually a very old problem. And so before, you know, before I go kind of go into, I want to echo, um, 
an actual article that was by WrestlingTalk.com, and it was three years ago. Ten ways WWE can revive the women's tag team division. So even back then, it was a bit of a problem for WWE. And I agree with a lot of these things. One thing is establish consistent and legitimate teams. No shit. Number two, give the division storylines. That can be possibly done. You got to be tricky. Small bite size. Uh, defend the titles across all brands. They, they did started to do that a little bit, and then they backed off of that. They need to continue to do that, i.e. because NXT has some pretty viable uh, established women's tag teams, and uh, it's a lot easier to kind of showcase it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, and then another part they said is uh, build one dominant team to eventually have been beaten. And I totally 100% agree with that. That was something that Sasha Banks and Bailey did. They were a uh you know a dominant team they were built to be the dominant team and that worked out a lot better for them also to hold the tournament to establish serious contenders it is time that if they were going to do this they need to really put stock into it to a separate the titles away from sasha banks and naomi and what they're going through and and i'm saying this as a sasha fan um but also to uh bring um what you call it uh you know women's tag team to other promotions like i said before and then my last thing that they said on here is have it be almost like we've had before the may young classic or some of these other tournaments that they've had um (laughs) and so hopefully if that's the case i think that this would be a great idea because again the women's tag team divisions let's just unify the titles right now toxic attractions uh, you know, is doing a good job on NXT. Why don't we just have them unify the belts like we did the Usos and then be on our way? So about other than that, I think that that's the reason why I want to bring this to y'all and see if some of these things I mentioned make any sense or it's just like, bah, who gives a fuck about the women's tag team? And let's just discontinue it. Oh, we got a hand here. Let's uh, let's go over <laughs> here to, uh, to Matt Michaels. What's your say? Bye. Let's not give a fuck about it. <laughs> Move on. Oh, come on. I thought you were going to give something. Those tag titles have never worked. It's been stupid. It's been ridiculous. The problem is, is that you have, uh, you know, you have a company that's theory has always been that if you run tag matches, those are two people you have to pay as opposed to one person. It's as simple as that. So that's their theory. It always has been. Give them credit. They actually have tried it. It doesn't work. There's not one time that I think any of us can really seriously go, oh, yeah, remember that women's tag match? It was fucking phenomenal. So so if if if, if tag teams are, are gotten rid of, at what point do fans start to complain and bitch that, hey, WWE took away tag, tag Wait, wait. You said tag teams. I'm talking about the women's tag titles. Right. So but you would say the same fans. thing about the men's as well, right? You would say it's bull, the, the whole thing is the same, right? No. No, no, no. I'm saying that that's always been the way they do their business. But it, when it regards the women's tag team titles, no one gives a shit. Oh, I see. Okay. And the men's titles, by the way, have been unified. So that's even an example of, you know, that how much they're they're not looking at the tag teams. No. So 
moving over to you, Sin City. I mean, what? I mean, so what can be done? What needs to be changed to make it relevant? And you know, yeah. I mean, realistically, what they need to do is they need to commit to women's tag team wrestling if they're actually going to have that as a viable uh, niche that they're playing to. Realistically speaking, I couldn't tell you one steady tag team on that roster as of right now. It, it, it you know, there are makeshift teams, sure. So you've got Shayna, Shayna Baszler and Natalia who were literally thrown together because they had nothing for them. You have yeah. Tamina and Dana Brooke who've been, um, you know, fighting each other in 24 seven segments for the last year and a half. You got Nikki ASH and Dewdrop. Uh, I, I guess they're starting to build that team. Okay, so there's one. And then Carmella and Queen Zelina. Last time that I checked and even mentioned in this article, they just broke up. So, I mean, like, what? Like, you have to, you have to be willing to develop a, a division, a tag team division, and stick with it and continue to put stock into those teams. Um, I and think, that's, and that's television time, right? Which is the problem with it, it, I, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that that I was thinking about is, okay, so what were they really going to do for the people for these teams when they first announced the the tournament? Okay, so are you going to bring tag teams up from NXT? I mean, you may as well at this point. You may as well bring up uh, friggin' um, Katana Chance and, uh, and Kate Carter. And Carter. Yep. You know, you may as well bring them up. You may as well bring up Toxic Attraction and Mandy Rose mm -hmm. again. I mean, realistically, what's the point? It's it, it, it's just it's baffling to me because they're not going to invest in that division and give them a fair shot. Because as we all know, Vince hates women's wrestling and he hates tag yep. team wrestling. You put the two together, and that's that. Wow. Okay. That's true. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, if no one has anything else to say about that, we'll just move right on to our uh, our second count. And this one is, uh, says, Tony Khan launches into profanity-filled rant about winning the Friday Night War. And this was on ringsidenews.com. All right. So this is how it uh, it reads here. It says A.W. President Tony Khan has a lot of love when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. However, sometimes he takes it too far and that just ends up embarrassing him more than anything. In fact, he went on a profanity filled rant recently for some reason. CM Punk became the A.E.W. world champion after defeating Adam Page at A.E.W. At A.W. Double or Nothing. Prior to all this, CM Punk was called a financial flop by Eric Bischoff as well. While speaking during the post-AEW or Nothing Media scrum, Tony Khan defeated CM Punk, and while doing so, he went on a profanity-filled rant about winning the Friday Night War, among many other things. Um, okay, we we just did a we just we just did a record pay-per-view by every pay-per-view he's done. A four pay-per-view cycle now. Every one of them was the record. Whether it was all out, where he was a huge part of the draw with Darby, his debut, a huge thing with first dance, the biggest rampage draw in history of the show. Um the matches he carried the Friday Night War, which by the way is a matter of matter of record in fucking court in the state of California. 
that we won the Friday Night War. Just ask Jerry McDivitt because he fucking wrote it. This guy won it versus Matt Seidel, who was a great wrestler. He had another goddamn great match on Friday night. This fucking guy, he fucking did the Friday Night War. He did the first dance. He's done the the record. He done the record double or nothing. He did the record all out in his debut. He was a big part of the record full gear. A great match with Eddie Kingston. He wrestled a bunch of young guys and veterans in between there. Well, Hobbs, Daniel Garcia, then he showed up and did the biggest program in terms of everything. TV, box office, ever with MJF. Then he did the goddamn main event here. He's the biggest part of the financial success in the history of this company. All right. So uh, for some reason, Tony Khan was simply not stopped talking about the time AEW Rampage had a better demo rating than Friday Night SmackDown. Many fans feel that Tony Khan should be acting more like a president for a change, but that might not happen for a while by the looks of it. Uh, okay. Um, Sin City Steve, I, I, I was reading that. It was very difficult because I I I, <laughs> I try to figure out what he's... Oh, those are... Michael's. Sorry about that, man. Uh, <laughs> you think Sin City was going to put in a story about how <laughs> fucked up Tony Khan is? Is he <laughs> fucking insane? My bad. <clears throat> I, I was like, maybe he's seen the light. Damn it. All right. So we still have it. All right. Michael, this was your story then. Um, first, it was very difficult to read. And I know I'm, I'm a tad bit tired at a rough day. Um, but I, I would think I can read pretty well. And I don't know, something was wrong with whatever he was on. Something wasn't right. What, you explain to me, what is this? What is he saying? What's going on here? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, and the, <laughs> so there, there's a line at, at a point where it, um, it goes from being something that you're proud of um there, there's there well all right first off you have to have a massive ego to be in the business right that's fine but it also takes a massive jackhole to have press conferences after a fucking wrestling event um that that's really tough because of the fact that you're inviting the media that you want to invite so basically you're not inviting an actual press you're inviting those outlets that will spin you positively right that's yeah. that's what you're seeing so i think what happens is he becomes too comfortable in that environment mm -hmm. and what you know whether it be uh you know medication um you know adhd medication or uh you know, some other substances, um, stuff that, um, you know, is Pepsi or Mountain Dew or Coke. I don't know. Um, combination of all three. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it, it becomes an embarrassment when it gets to this level. And the reason it becomes an embarrassment is not necessarily, uh, you know, everyone can look at him and just say, Okay, he's just kind of being a jackal. But if you seriously look at Jade and Punk, 
sitting next to him, they start looking very uncomfortable. And there's a moment where you can see where Punk is listening to it and he's kind of, you know, going along. And then his face changes like, what? <laughs> so you're now literally, it's one thing to work for the company, but to be sitting next to the man while he's doing this, it's just not a good look. Um, as crazy as, and as much as people hate Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon has never pulled this in, in this manner. And remember, Vince was uh, very, uh, you know, indulgent guy back in the 80s in what he was putting up his nose so there was nothing at that point that led him to do something as crazy as this um it's not an angle it's not anything that you're running you don't have a character you are literally doing a quote-unquote real press conference can you imagine if i don't know his dad shows up at the Jaguars press conference after a fucking game and pulls that shit. All of a sudden he's going to be looked at as being forced out of the league because it's not a good look. And this is, this is the perfect example of why this guy is an overindulgent, rich little prick because he thinks he's just the fucking best person in the fucking world mm. for what he's doing. And we're beating these guys and blah, blah, blah. The Friday Night Wars, the Friday Night Wars, the last I checked, it was one night when SmackDown was on FS1 or 12 or whatever the fucking station was. That doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and they pulled a better number on Rampage. Okay. I, you know, it's... it's the, the problem in the end becomes... Does this business eventually suffer because he is just that much of a wild card that he's going to pull shit like this? And there isn't wrestling media who were defending this guy. Everyone just kind of basically said, yeah, this is uncomfortable and this is really strange. And, um, you know, as much as as much as he likes smoke blowing up his ass, um, you know, it, it was this was the press conference, let alone the two nights of Dynamite and Rampage when he walked out into the crowd, you know, on the stage and fucking started screaming like he was a fucking crazy man. Um, so, again, you know, you, you got to be a kind of a professional and he's showing that he just doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. In those regards, you could say whatever you want about the wrestling product itself. That takes a back seat when the owner of the company is really presenting himself as something of a kind of a turnoff. And, um, you know, he also represents every single fan of AEW, too. So, I mean, if that's what you want to be associated with that's what he's he's putting it out there as so well that's a good time to uh self-promote voices in my head that i just released make sure you download that because i had a lot to say about uh mr uh tony khan and uh, a lot of, of what you just said uh michaels was, was mentioning in there but 
We could possibly be wrong. I think we should probably go to the person who knows them best, who knows the product best, and who can speak upon maybe what happened during that uh, that press conference. Uh, now, Sin City, it did say, um, and I'm looking at a tweet here, at double or nothing, medium scrum, somebody asked CM Punk and Tony Khan about Eric Bischoff's comment about him being a big financial flop. Needless to say, Tony got a little fired up. Um, I mean, first off, why not just let CM Punk answer that question? You know, I mean, let him answer, and then Tony doesn't have to even feel like he has to defend the question. I don't know. What is your take on on, on all of this when you, when you read about it or, or even seen the clip? I mean, so... Trust me, I know about people that are outspoken and can come off as abrasive. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, realistically speaking, it, it's one of those things that, okay, yeah, he said those things. Fine. Whatever. But it doesn't change anything about the entering product. That's why I watch AEW. That's why I'm a fan of AEW, is for the entering product. Um, and the reason why I've made that choice is because I don't like to have my intelligence insulted. Mm. Um, the fact is, yes, I'll put up with Tony Khan saying the, the crazy stuff that he does on Twitter. That's, you know, roughly a phrase that I've said for the last five years. Anyway, I'll deal with whatever so-and-so says on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But, um, the fact is that, you know, it's not going to change the fact of whether or not I'm a fan of the product. Um, it is a, it is an alternative to WWE. That's how I viewed it from day one. That's how I'm going to continue to view it. And unless he says anything that's absolutely abrasive and offensive and any of that kind of thing, then, you know, it's, it's a moot point for me. And even at that point, you know, it, unless he's absolutely, you know, talking shit about specific individuals or anything like that, then, I mean, he has that freedom of speech, man. So while it might be cringy, uh, that's that's fine. Uh, it's on him. As long as the in-ring product doesn't change or the quality doesn't decrease from what it is right now, then I have fun. I don't care what you say in press conferences. Yeah, but you know what's really interesting is that you did make a, a statement when we were doing wrestling talk, and that was that you couldn't believe that MJF had the balls to drop F-bombs with executives in the audience. Should Tony Khan be going off the fucking rails when you are damn well aware of the fact that the executives are watching him very closely? I, I, don't, and, I, don't, I don't think that he went off the rails that oh, night. Oh, come on, point. dude. No, oh, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think he went off the rails. I think he got on the rails. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Well, let's move over. Let's move over then to um to Simon Street then. Um I'm sorry, you put me in line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um so what is your take when you when you hear about this man? Um, you know, Tony seems to just uh, be on one uh, at the moment. What, what do you think? 
Well, let me ask y'all this question. All right. So everything that Tony Khan has done, is this, has he done this stuff outside of the, 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 the realm of either on television or on Twitter? Has he ever done this in the boardroom? Has he ever done this when he's conducting business? I mean, have we had any reports? Okay. So maybe it's just me, but anytime myself or anybody in entertainment puts anything on Twitter, social media, I don't take it as real. I take it as entertainment. I take it as a take. It wasn't social media, though. That's the point. Well, I know. It it was at a press conference. But when was the press conference? The press conference conference is after the show. He's not a character. He's not a character. Who states that? What? Who states that? Is that a fact? I'm just asking. Because it's a set of press conference. It's okay. a fucking press conference like you okay. would have after a football game so or a, my a baseball game. Is, okay, okay, okay. Slow it down. I want you, your pressure to get up. So my question is, is, is so the facts is that what you're stating is that when these press conferences happen, all gloves are off. You need to be professional, 100%. That's your job, right? Okay? I, I'm just wondering because we had Steve Kerr of, uh, of uh, you know, say in a press conference something that was a little bit – I wouldn't say professional for the most part. He said what he felt he had to say a couple of weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I, I'm just, tr- I want to set the well, premise. I mean, okay? if Tony's, if Tony Khan's dad was murdered by a, a handgun, then he might speak out the way. But Steve oh. Kerr also didn't say that motherfucker took out my fucking father. And that motherfucker does it again. I'm going to fucking, fucking, fucking do this. So and I, by the I way, hear what you're saying. And by the way, the thing is too, is remember, this is something that there's a fine line because are you playing this as a company to guys, Steve's age, your age, my age? D, well, DJ's age is way over. The Don't even go there. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but the, but the truth is, is that how many kids saw that? Well, I'm going to tell you this real quick because you don't have kids. Okay. And Impact, you probably are starting to realize yourself. Kids are exposed to way more than what we heard Tony Khan say at a young age. And I'm telling you to the sense of if you're watching this right now and you think your kids don't know about sex at 11 years old, good luck. Because it's it's, it's, it's and, and hold on, hold on. Let, let me finish because the timer's on. I'm saying in the sense of Tony Khan, I feel, is being more of what the experiment of what television is going to look like, what's allowed, what's not allowed. I think that right now, if we look across the board, professionalism as a whole is looked at differently. The reason why I brought up the Steve Kerr situation was because even though he didn't say motherfuck, motherfuck, fuck, fuck, he did do something that was not of professionalism for where he was on at that time. It has been said that at other times when there's these press conferences, you should be professional. But we're now in 2022, coming up on 2023. What is really professional in the next five years? I'm just being completely honest with you. It it may not be what we identify as what I'm saying. So so would you be proud of your son if he went out there and he just fucking goes on a tear and he looks like he's coked out of his fucking brain? (laughs) And he just goes and he and he says stuff that is in fucking coherent, by the way. It wasn't like Steve Kerr made a fucking point. 
this jackhole didn't even know what he was fucking saying. If you go back and watch the thing. So let me ask you this question. All right, like all right, he, all right. So he, let me ask you this question. Let's just say it wasn't Coke. I know we joke around all. Let's just say it comes out and it's disclosed that he has a disability. He has ADHD. What do you say then? I mean, like, like, because that's take some characteristics. Of, take your medication. Well, that's a Don't bit insensitive. A that's a little bit insensitive. Don't you think? Just a little care. bit, Matt Michael. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't care bit. if I'm being insensitive. Fuck that. If that motherfucker uh, is the example right. for the next generation, I hope that your kid does that because then your kid is going to get fired. This is a guy who has power, he has money, and he has a position. He should be making an example, not being a fucking jackhole. And All right, I'll leave it at this. You're right. You're right. Fucking private. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'll leave it at this. There's a lot of people who are in power who may not say mother, motherfucker, and maybe look their coke down on mine. But there's a lot of people, a lot of influence and power who abuse it. And not only has it publicly been known, but it's also influencing a lot of people to distrust their governments, distrust the entertainment they watch, and distrust the, the information that they read online. So I'll leave it at that. Mic drop. What was the mic drop? The bell rung. <laughs> You're done talking. <laughs> All right. That means let's go to number three. three. All right. And this one is titled The Needle Mover is Still Missing from WWE TV. Okay. Can't wait to read this. You guys ready? All right. Here we go. This is from Cage, SideSeats.com. It reads The Usos were giving an interview on Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, this week, when they mentioned Roman Reigns and paying tribute to him, Jay used a bunch of superlatives to describe him, one of which stood out to me, quote, the needle mover. I've heard it before, of course, as Reigns himself has said it, but it stood out because, well, Reigns wasn't on the show. He's missed multiple shows recently, in fact, which is strange considering his status. He is the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. You remember they did the whole unification in the main event of WrestleMania to get there. Now, despite that, both Reigns and the newly unified top titles have put on the back burner in the favor of the tag team division. They even did a six-man at the next pay-per-view. Now, speaking of premium live events, Reigns will not be on the card at Hell in a Cell. He's just flat out, not around, meaning neither Raw nor SmackDown have a top champion in the men's division at the moment. It is, it is really it's something that Jay Uso is on TV calling Reigns, quote, the needle mover, end quote. And WWE is actively choosing not to utilize him to uh, move the needle, which is too bad because he makes all of these shows so much better. All right. Wow. I think uh, I think this is a Sin City Steve article. I I got it right this time. Um, Sin City, tell us, man, what beef you got with the with the needle mover? So I don't have a single. I don't have a beef with the needle mover at all. I I I think that your champion should be on your pay per views or your premium live events. Um, if if and they did this when Brock was champion. So. You know, I, I said that when Brock was champion, not having him on the weekly shows and saving his appearances for pay-per-views or premium live events was actually a good thing. And I'll reiterate that same point. Um, it doesn't necessarily matter to me if your 
universal champion or your world champion, or in this case, the unified champion is on your weekly TV show. But those pay-per-views, those premium live events, those should be the time when you're at least going to get a promo from your champion, uh, if not a match completely. Um, and yeah, so let's look at Hell in a Cell. Bloodline completely absent from the show. Yeah. Um, you know, no Reigns, no Usos. And considering that Reigns has the championship of both of your TV shows and the Usos have the tag team championship of both of your TV shows, this really can devalue your, your premium live events, your pay-per-views. Mm. Um, you need to have a presence. Uh, I would have been fine if there would have been a, a Bloodline promo somewhere on the show. You know, just letting, essentially having Roman Reigns in the building. You have to think. Uh, I think I think it was you, ironically enough, Impact, that you said that you'd be pissed off if you bought tickets for a pay-per-view and Roman Reigns wasn't there. Not just even pay-per-view. I, said, I, I, I even said SmackDown. So, so yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I got you. So it, it, it's, it's one of those things. I, I don't have a problem with having him off of TV, but Reigns... The Usos, if they are who you are pushing to the moon and they have all of your titles, they need to be at least on your premium live events. Well, you know what, Sin City, out of, out of many things you have said, I mean, you know, 95% of them I disagree with. But this right here, man, I, I can I can agree with this. You know, there I, I it was even rumored. I heard someone tell me, man, I was at doing my job and it was like dude he's not gonna even be at money in the bank and i said that's bullshit of course he's gonna be at the money in the bank. no because he's only doing i don't know premium live events well, i'm like isn't that what that is i don't know what the fuck's going on it is confusing but i i agree he should be on at least pay-per-views simon street what's your take on this man i mean come on this is this is the needle mover what's going on what's your take well it, it Let's stop talking about the needle mover. Let's let's talk about the company that the needle mover uh, is on. Uh, WWE, as I said, uh, whatever show we just got doing a couple of times, I was just like, look, uh, Hell in a Cell was piss poor. It was half done, like how WWE does their women's division. It was half-ass done, and you're selling it as premium. You've said it two times within the Hell in a Cell, and it's sad because I can only think – exactly if i had been in chicago and bought that ticket i'd have been pissed the fuck off and you want me to you, you want me to spend your my money on that shit i mean we're not completely out of the pandemic per se we're starting to see the aftershocks financially do you see what i'm saying inflation's a bitch so at the end of the day if i'm gonna spend some money i want to make sure top talent is there so again I, I mean i'm sorry to have to sound like the same shit that sin city said but WWE's got to they got to fix some shit, man. I mean, I don't give a fuck if you are top dog in the meat house. Motherfucker, come correct or you ain't getting not a dollar from my ass. And I'm not the only person that feels that way. Well, they don't need a dollar from your ass. Well, I tell you what, Vince McMahon going to be sliding up and down a pole because that's going to be the only way he's going to get somebody's fucking money. <laughs> that half-ass bullshit. Really? Because I don't know. I thought... Uh... Chicago was sold out. Oh, it was. That's right. And the fans didn't seem to really fucking care that Roman Reigns wasn't there. So, well, those are your people. So tell us why your people love half-ass shit for for one dollar. 
Oh, because they're they're CM Punk fans. That's why. They've got no fucking comprehension of uh, anything. All right. So, people? <laughs> all right. So, what is your take, uh, Matt Michaels, on this? Um, um, Roman Reigns, you know, we, I, as, as many times as I tell you, I, that Sin City is, is mostly wrong. I, I think he got a little bit of a point on this. What what is your take? Do you kind of agree this a little bit that Roman probably should be uh, on pay per view events? No, because <laughs> because I I go back and I've been saying it for years. Mm-hmm. I think the champion is best held when you don't see him all the time. And that's my feeling. That's that's. Do you think it's opinion. Do you think it's it's seeing the champion a lot if you never see him on TV, but you then occasionally may see him on a pay per view. So, the problem with the fucking wrestling fans is this. Everyone gets so pissed off that, oh my God, all we see are the same people wrestling each other all the time. Then when you remove certain parts and you allow people to have the opportunities to do other things. And by the way, you know, remember there was a brand split too. And they've done this before where they've had the brands, right? And brands only pay-per-views and that kind of shit. So now we're complaining that Roman Reigns isn't on every fucking show. If he was, then we'd be complaining that Roman Reigns is on every fucking show. That's the problem. The problem is there's a paradox here. I'll tell you right now. Did you really give a fuck if you saw Hangman Page come out as your champ or not? CM Punk, different story. But Page, it would have been better if that fucker was not on TV half the time. Because he definitely didn't wrestle half the time when he had the belt. And he came out in like fucking Jerry Seinfeld's uh, shirts from the 1990s. <laughs> so, you know, but what's <laughs> odd is that after a pay-per-view in which your champ just lost the belt, he didn't come out at all this week. Right now, no one's saying, holy shit, where was Heyman Page? That's the thing. The thing is, is that Roman has actually won the fans over. The guy they didn't want to see on TV. They were so pissed. He got down your throat all the time. Push, push, push. Now that he's fucking cool, <laughs> now we're pissed that he's not on TV. That's wrestling fans for you. The logic is fucking un, you know, unbelievable. But the, the, big, the bigger point here was they still sold out Chicago. They, A, don't have to have pay-per-view buys because you have the network buys, right? You have Peacock buys. So they're trying something different, man. And we didn't see Rhonda. We didn't see Charlotte. She was off getting hitched to uh, Roosh or uh, whoever. Oosh. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Bandito. Bandito. Oh, oh, my Bandito. gosh. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, uh, you didn't have Orton, who, you know, was taken out. Um, you didn't have Riddle on the show. There, there is a list of people you did not have on this pay-per-view. And yet, at the same time, now, Simon thinks it was a piss-poor show. That's his opinion. That's fine. But, DJ, did you think it was a piss-poor show? No, I thought it was a good show. So that's the argument right there. It's like, the fact of the matter is, is that most fans will not be totally disappointed that he wasn't on the show. I also go back to the point, too, when you had 
the split brands exclusively, the problem you'd run into is that if SmackDown ran your town and your one kid likes Roman Reigns and your other kid likes, you know, Brock Lesnar when he was the champ, then what do you do? You know, you got to take the kids now to see both shows if Raw comes back around town. So in some regards, thinning the thinning the the fucking people in your company to where you're you're taking the time to plug them in and plug them out, it's fine by me. And I, honestly, AEW would fucking benefit from that shit too, because you're not pushing all these people down the throat all the time, and that's what it comes down to. And I think that's fine. He's not on the show. Um, I didn't notice because during the premium in terms of Peacock, you actually got a Roman Reigns fucking vignette of, you know, not, not a new thing, but a video package of him. You got a video package of Bianca Belair. So you're still seeing the video packages of these guys. You're, you're still seeing them, you know, present it to you. So who cares? It's fine. Well, thank goodness for people like Impact who love that shit because I won't go see it live. I'll watch it on Peacock, but I will never go pay for it live if that's what their business point is moving forward. Well, good. They don't need your money. Well, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> I mean, no, no. And, the and biggest, I know. Biggest no, no, no. fucking profits the company has ever made has been but the last two years. They don't but need here's, But here's the thing. They don't need my money, right? But at the end of the day, they would like to be able to have it just like impacts number represents a, a large percentage of people who keep the content. There's a large representation of people that's like me that don't want to see it live for that reason. Well, all I, all I will say this, Mr. McMahon, thank you for taking the time to listen to our uh, podcast. I'm saying this with sincerity that when I go to money in the bank, please have Mr. Roman reigns there please i appreciate that and i love wwe thank you vince you're a genius okay make sure he's not on the show please <laughs> did you get your refund for when they changed the venue i did get the refund oh, okay thank yeah. goodness i thought of you i was like damn man i hope you don't oh, wait three, four months i know they gangsters <laughs> but they ain't thugs <laughs> not um, yet not yet <laughs> I'm sure Ticketmaster thought about it. Like, do we got to give it back to him? Like, uh, now? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, y'all. That was our three count. Thanks for hanging out. If you were uh, watching this live and if you download the podcast, we definitely appreciate it. And um, with that, we're going to give our final thoughts. So let's start off with, uh, let's go with Simon Street, man. What did you want to tell the good peoples out there? Look, everybody. Be kind, make sure that uh, you take the opportunity to just take a step back and be peaceful, man. I mean, like there's a lot of crazy confusion and chaos out there with things you see online, things you see on the news. Uh, just relish in the fact that in this moment right now, you have an opportunity to be better and to live a better life. And just do it. Hear that, Tony? Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right down the bag. Oh, man. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We genuinely appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. 
And a special shout out to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And um, yeah, it, we're forever indebted to you guys. And last but not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P sports.com. Go there for all of your pre-workout, weight loss, general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at, at the checkout and save yourself 15%. Awesome. Mr. Michaels. Bye-bye. Well said from a good Chicago. Oh, yeah. It was in his, it was in his hometown. I bet, I bet you wish he was there, didn't you? No. No. I've been there in over a decade. I give a shit less about those people. Oh, damn. All right, y'all. I guess with that, we'll see you, Pete. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.